Hey, it's Jason here. Before we get started today, I've got two quick announcements. Our next free Trust Matters webinar is coming up November 12th. That's a Tuesday at, it's at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, hosted by none other than Charles H. Green. And the subject is How to Sell to an Irrational Buyer. You can register for free at trustedadvisor.com. Again, trustedadvisor.com. And if you're enjoying the podcast, we encourage you to write in with your own questions and dilemmas about professional trust, business relationships, working with your peers. You can email us at podcast at trustedadvisor.com. Again, podcast at trustedadvisor.com. All right, here we go. Welcome to Trust Matters, the podcast, where Charles H. Green, CEO of Trusted Advisor Associates and co-author of the best-selling book, The Trusted Advisor, answers your questions and offers wisdom on how to build stronger relationships with clients and colleagues. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Trust Matters, the podcast. This is Charlie Green, along with my co-conspirator, Jason Gluskin. So, Jason, I understand we've got someone asking about the age-old question, can I pull off a 2004 Red Sox comeback? <laughs> nice analogy there, Charlie. For anyone that doesn't get the reference, that was the year that the Red Sox overcame a 3-0 to loss in the ALCS Finals to beat the dreaded Yankees, and then they went on to win the World Series. It's one of the greatest sports comebacks of Major League Baseball. So I guess you could say this is the trust version of that story. Kenna writes in to say, Charlie, I'm a manager at a large global consultancy, and I've been given the task of trying to revive an old major client of ours. About seven years ago, this was one of our biggest clients, and one huge project that we did for them was internally contentious. Our recommendation was to do something that the CFO at the time was strongly against, and we weren't able to convince him otherwise. We recommended the action anyway, which was accepted by the then-CEO, but the relationship was never the same, and the volume of work seemed to drop off after that as well. Fast forward to three years ago, and the old CEO retired, and the board appointed in his place none other than the CFO. And after that, our work dried up to almost nothing. So I've been tasked with getting back in with the client's good graces, and my strategy is to earn our way back in with the right people, working around the current CEO, former CFO, earn back our credibility, we build up our track record, and then we're able to pitch something approaching our old scope and role. It's clear that approaching the current CEO, former CFO, is out, as they feel he really holds a grudge against our company. But how do I earn the trust back from the rest of the team that supported our work in the past? Well, Kenna, that's a biggie, all right. Your question sounds reasonable enough on the face of it, but I'm going to go out on a limb here and suggest you are defining the problem the wrong way. If I understand you correctly, no one from your firm has spoken to the new CEO in the last three years, not since he got the promotion, and I suspect probably not even in the last seven years, not since your firm gave the advice that upset the then-CFO. I can't get past that point, Kenna. Here is someone who apparently, though you don't even really know this for a fact, bears a grudge against your firm, and nobody from your firm has spoken to him for seven years. Now, imagine how you'd feel if someone did something crosswise with you and then ignored you for seven years. Imagine the built-up layers of resentment, the internal stories that get told and retold in this person's mind, and all of it without any real-world connection to temper it with reality. Now, you may or may not be able to get back into this client. You may or may not be able to compete with whoever's taken over your role. But I'll tell you this, you'll never know until you deal with the elephant in the room. Now let's be clear, the elephant in the room is not the job you did seven years ago, that's history. It is your firm's total passive-aggressive avoidance in the seven years since then. 
Now, here's the good news. I assume you personally had nothing to do with the report seven years ago, so you have standing as an untainted third party to do something. The something is what I call name it and claim it, as in if you name it, you can claim it. This is a tool for speaking out elephants in the room, calling them out. And there's one big rule for doing name it and claim it. That rule is you need to actually overstate the importance of what happened. If you understate the seriousness of the situation, you'll be in the classic Watergate situation, looking like you're trying to cover up or minimize what happened. And in this case, with seven years to acknowledge, you're going to need to really overdo it. Here's an example of what I mean. Now take this as just an idea. You're going to have to make it your own, but don't dial back on the drama. Here's the idea. Send a delivery person dressed totally in black to the CEO's office. Have them carry a dark frosted cake and a one-page letter. On the cake, written in frosting, it says, Can we just talk? And a big sad face emoticon. In the letter, you say words to the effect of, Seven years ago, something happened between our two firms. Since then, we have failed to speak to you personally about it. That is completely our fault. But that was then and this is now. I'm Kenna. You don't know me, but I'd like to meet with you to at least begin rebuilding the seven-year bridge between us that got burned. I expect nothing other than to own up to the failure to communicate on our side. Can we just talk? Now, you can change any of those particulars. In fact, I'm sure you'd like to, and you should, to make it fit you. But don't kid yourself about the level of drama required to come back from a seven-year hiatus. You need to do something at that level of emotional intensity and vulnerability. Now, if you think this is risky, of course it is. That's the whole point. You can't create trust without taking a risk. Though in this case, actually, what have you got to lose? If there was any time when not to take a risk is the bigger risk, this is it. I think the bigger lesson here is that the way you recover trust is, first and foremost, acknowledge the rupture. That doesn't mean apologize, although sometimes that too is right, but it does mean acknowledge. That first step may not be sufficient, but it is absolutely necessary. You've been listening to the Trust Matters Podcast with Charles H. Green. Send us your questions about trust, relationships, and business at podcast at trustedadvisor.com. And visit trustedadvisor.com for tons of free articles, videos, and more.